Welcome to the Life Pro Podcast, where today I have the pleasure of having Heidi Carlson, who is a relationship coach. Our topic for the day, day is knowing yourself, which I find really interesting. I think that as, as a youngster, you don't really think about knowing yourself, but the older and the older you get, you really try to figure out, hey, what's, you know, what am I all about? What is my life about? What, who am I? So I'm interested in getting to that topic. But before we get to that, Heidi, how are you today? Hi, I am doing extremely well, Omen. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm really happy to be here. It is our pleasure. Why don't you start out and tell us a little bit about your journey, a little brief history about, you know, who you are and your experiences in life? Yeah. So hi, everyone. My name is Heidi Carlson. I am a relationship coach and I help people, uh, individuals and couples who are married and in long-term relationships work through issues, struggles, blocks, um, whatever's uh, impacting their journey in their marriage or relationship. I help them work through that, heal it, and build healthy, thriving relationships. That's awesome. Um, Yeah. So, you know, obviously relationships are super difficult. I think, you know, if you talk to everybody that's in a relationship and the longer and longer that you're with somebody, problems arise, differences and conflicts. But how much of that is is understanding like, you know, who you are and, you know, what is like, what's the process of actually like understanding who you are? Like, how do you help, how do you help people get to that point of, you know, what makes me, what makes me tick? Mm -hmm. Uh, Such a good question. Let me first just go back to my background and my upbringing, because I think that will help us uh, get, get some familiarity with getting to know ourselves. So I am uh, the youngest of five kids. Um, My parents were immigrants. They were arranged. They were forced to get married at a young age. They migrated to um, the United States in the 1950s and then started having kids. Um, They had a lot of pressures, a lot of struggles, a lot of differences raising us. And they didn't really have any tools to help them navigate that. They just, they weren't aware they were young. they were really devoted and they did their best to raise us in the way that they knew how, and they were amazing people and really remarkable uh, given the circumstances that they were in. But my upbringing, um, while I had, you know, definitely loving parents, um, there was a lot that I didn't learn. For example, um, I witnessed a lot of conflict growing up. Um, I didn't really see healthy modeling of relationships. Um, I took on the belief that conflict was, was terrible because it hurt people. Um, I had no awareness or understanding of boundaries because we didn't really utilize them in our, our family and in our, our life. And we weren't encouraged to really express emotions or feelings because my parents were never able to do that growing up. And so they didn't know what to do with it when we expressed sadness, anger, um, and such. And um, also being the youngest of five, I didn't really learn how to speak up for myself because my amazing siblings always took care of me. Um, and so, um, and then to add to that, uh, we were a big people pleasing family. So we loved to help people uh, give to people. Um, we were extremely selfless. And um, while that's a really beautiful thing, it's not beautiful and it's not healthy if you're doing it at the sacrifice of yourself, which is what we did. Um, So at a young age, I was really wise, and I knew that I had a lot of learning to do around life and relationships. I knew that I just wasn't learning things. I knew things weren't working, but I was young. I didn't really know so much. So I became very curious and really passionate about 
um, the personal growth, personal development space, I started therapy in my teens. And then I just took off on my personal growth journey from there and I never stopped. Um, I grew leaps and bounds along the way and um, in both life and relationships. And I also, uh, along that journey, I developed a really wonderful relationship with myself. And that, and our relationship with ourselves is actually the most important one. Um, and I'm not quite sure if, if most people or a lot of people realize that. Um, and then fast forward to today, um, the reason why I'm in this field is, you know, I was always passionate about helping others um, in their journey and, you know, sharing my learnings as I was on my journey, um, giving people sound advice. And I always loved um, being their support. And after college, I entered the marketing field. I was a corporate marketing for many years and I continued my personal growth journey. And then fast forward to COVID, whew, um, that really impacted me. I'm a huge empath and um, just knowing how so many people were struggling, I knew that I needed to switch careers and I just had a calling to, to switch careers. So I decided to enroll in a, a coaching training program with the Elementum Coaching Institute. It was a nine month intensive training. Um, I graduated as a certified master coach and relationship coach and I am now serving people. So just to start answering your question, that probably just gives you a bit into how, you know, when we're young and we're, you know, certain needs aren't being met, but we don't quite understand it, but we have some awareness that something's not right. Yeah. And so we can choose or not choose to move forward to figure out why it's not right. What does that mean? And it really starts with getting curious about, curious about it. Um, and as far as what you were mentioning, you know, really getting to know yourself, um, we're really complex beings. Um, there is a lot to get to know about us. Um, and to really get to know yourself, you do have to want the desire. Well, you want the desire to, um, to get to know yourself. And then you want to start getting curious about you. And these are just an example of some questions that you would, you would ask yourself you want to pause and just take stock on your life and your relationship. And at what, whatever age that is in your teens, as an adult, when you're newly married, as a parent. And by the way, these questions um, can be repeated throughout your life because our lives are ever changing as our relationships. Um, so just an example of some questions you would ask yourself, um, you know, where are you at today in your life and relationships? Which areas in your life and relationships are you fulfilled and happy where all your needs are met? And which areas are you not fulfilled where your needs are not met? Um, how's your relationship with yourself? Is it healthy, strong, and loving and compassionate? You know, do you need to do some work there? Do you feel like something's off? Um, is anything holding you back in life and in your relationships? And if so, you know, what is it? Um, you know, really dig deep. Um, are you struggling in any area of your life or in your relationships and, and where? Um, are you noticing any concerning patterns that are recurring in your life, that are recurring in your life or relationships? And that's a really common one, um, patterning, you know, habits. Um, and lastly, you know, do you know your core values? Do you know what you live by, stand by? Um, so those are just some initial questions to start getting to know yourself. Um, and then as I said, we're complex beings. Then you look at your upbringing. What was your upbringing like? Um, was there any dysfunction growing up? If so, what type, how frequent, and what was the severity of it? Um, how were you parented? Were all your needs met um, or were some needs or many needs unmet? 
Um, are there any childhood wounds or, or trauma you can think of? Um, unfulfilled promises, parents who are absent, emotional neglect, um, unable to express, um, any toxic behaviors? And then if there was trauma, what type of trauma was it? Was it little trauma where, you know, maybe you, um, you know, just had a bad day and somebody um, humiliated you, you know, that would maybe be considered a little trauma. Or was it a big trauma? Were you abused in some way? Did you, were you in a car accident? Um, and was the trauma a one-time occurrence? Was it occasional or was it chronic? Um, and then was there gen generational trauma present? And that's something that we'll get to further down in our, um, in our interview here. But that's just the initial discovery work that you do and that's a really great place to start to um, dive deeper into who you are, you know, where are you at in life and relationships? Where is, uh, where is it lacking? Where are your needs not met? And what do you need to work on? Um, and, and then it comes down to when there's work to be done, if you're unable to resolve it on your own, and oftentimes we're not because a lot of it is deep work, that's when we work with a therapist or a coach. And in really simple terms, a therapist is someone that you work with who um, they help you help you with your mental state. Maybe there's some mental health struggles right. or uh, there are past issues that you want to work through and resolve. Whereas a coach looks at your life today and says, where do you want to go? What are your goals? I'm going to take you there. Yeah. And we just look forward. And we do look at the past as coaches, but only if... Um, only if an issue arises that's stopping you from moving forward. So we really focus on kind of moving ahead your goals and getting you to where you want to be. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, to recap, you, you basically have to take stock. You basically yeah. take a step back and look at your life, try to look at your life from the outside in and really understand who you are. Um, and from personal experience, uh, you know, I've done that in the past. I've I've done that where I've I've made the changes. I've I've worked on developing better habits and and improving my relationship. But yeah. what tends to happen when we go through difficult times or or transitional times, we tend to return to the mean, get back to you know years of programming, whether it's childhood trauma or or, you know, just genetics, uh, we tend to go back yeah. to, you know, who we are, who we're comfortable with, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, what advice do you have? Do you just have to keep reevaluating and keep, keep doing the exercises, wh whether it's communicating with yourself, communicating through a therapist, a coach, whatever? Um, I think, I think it's important to keep that platform and, and, and it's, and it's not a one-time thing. It, it takes years of years of work to be able to reprogram yourself and, and, and uh, have that better relationship with yourself. Yeah. Really good question. Uh, so we're humans, our life relationships are changing every day. Um, yeah. And we don't always have control, you know, things happen outside of us that impact us. Um, but what it comes down to is, we have to be honest with ourselves and be aware. I mean, the first step to changing anything is awareness. If you don't have that awareness, then you can't change it. So number one, you have to be aware that this is a recurring pattern. I don't know why it keeps happening. I need to figure it out. And if you can't figure it out on your own, then you seek, uh, you know, professional help, a therapist or a coach. And you could start with podcasts, books. I mean, there's so many amazing resources and tools out there today that 
speak all about humans. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's been so much growth in the human industry uh, that you can literally find a book and a podcast on anything. So um, it really starts with the awareness that, you know, I have a recurring pattern that I'm not happy with, or wow, that recurring pattern came back. Why is that? Why did that happen? So it's awareness and it's getting curious. Yeah. First awareness, getting curious and then taking action. And whatever that action is, is, what you're what you're open to um certainly personal growth work uh you have to want to do it so if you if you notice there's these patterns but you're not willing to do the work then they're just going to continue throughout the rest of your life they're not yeah. they don't go away yeah. um so it's really committing to yourself that you you deserve it that you deserve to figure out what this is that's impacting you personally impacting you in your relationship or impacting you in your life and um and the other thing I'd like to mention, and this kind of leads into generational trauma, um, is that a lot of what happens to us in our lives actually gets stored in our body. And, and when I say stored, uh, you know, stored, suppressed, stuck. And, you know, we typically are not aware of that unless you've done some work on yourself, have read books, have you know, met with coaches and such. And that's the other thing is like these recurring patterns and things keep happening because we haven't addressed the issue. Right. We haven't truly done the deep work to uncover why is this pattern happening over and over and over. And, and I can attest to this, you know, I mentioned earlier, you know, I grew up with a lot of conflict. I felt that conflict was terrible. Um, I personally did not know how to ever show up in conflict when I had differences or conflict with friends, my husband, anyone, I would just freeze. And so that was a pattern, right? So I, at the time, and this was very early on, I realized, I got the awareness that this is not healthy. I need to be able to speak up. I need to be able to share how I feel, but I don't know how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, so at the time I met and what I, I did therapy. I went on a journey um, and worked with a therapist and I worked through it, but it, it took time. Yeah. took time, it took commitment. And you have to also um, be a little humble because, you know, we like to feel like we know everything. Um, and you have to be humble and say, wow, I'm weak there. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm really vulnerable there. I, you know, like really be honest with yourself. I think that happens a lot. It's people don't know how to process or deal with certain situations and they tend to just shove it on their carpet and put it in their yeah. subconscious and, you know, we'll deal with it later to a point where they, it just becomes, they don't understand that it's affecting their day-to-day, -day, it's affecting their relationships, it's affecting every aspect of their lives. And it, it, then you get to a point where uh, you might get triggered later in life and all of it comes out and it just becomes so much worse than if you just deal with it. And, uh, you know, people feel helpless at times uh, when they have to deal with certain situations that are hard to digest. Um, so I think, you know, what we're talking about today is really like digging in deep, you know, an exercise that I do is I, I do, a I, I like to do a brain dump once in a while. So I'll sit there and I'll just literally write everything that's on my mind. Mm -hmm. And I, I find that a lot of things just come out that, that I haven't talked about. It just kind of, there's, I tap into a, a certain point of my conscious mind that really helps me kind of get everything out and every time I do it I feel so much better and and I kind of make some changes so I highly recommend you know if you're not going to see a therapist 
it's also a great exercise to really know yourself uh, a brain up. So that's that's what one one of my suggestions. So generation generation generational trauma. Uh, can you kind of define that for us? What does that mean? Yeah, Ooh, generational trauma is is a really big topic. Um, so I'm going to scratch the surface here. Uh, and um, yes, yeah, so I would absolutely love to share about it. Um, so generational trauma is also known as intergen intergenerational trauma, and basically it's psychological damage that can cause physical, mental health problems, social and emotional challenges. So for example, anxiety, depression, PTSD, substance abuse, relationship struggles, and identity struggles. Um, the damage is caused by trauma that occurred with previous generations within the family. So the effects and patterns of the trauma passed down from generation to generation, for example, from parents to children uh, indefinitely until a family member or the whole family, which would be amazing, gets the awareness, identifies that there's a problem, identifies that there's trauma or an issue and takes the necessary action to resolve it, heal it and stop that cycle. So some examples of uh, generational trauma, and there's just an endless list. Um, family violence, so emotional, physical, sexual abuse, um, emotional neglect, parental abandonment, unhealthy family patterns, uh, such as setting siblings against each other, favoritism in the family, toxic communication, toxic relationships, toxic um, conflict, shaming a family member, sabotaging a family member, narcissism, um, pathologically lying, and it just goes on and on and on because there's just so many. Um, yeah. I mean, as we live our life, there's just, and generation to generation, right? Like, if you think about it, generation to generation, we also develop new issues. So, um, so generational trauma is a really big deal. And um, I believe that it, it, it should have um, high attention in our lives. Um, and an example, let me just share one example of how generational trauma affects us, affects a person. So a child grows up in, um, in a home with domestic violence, thereby experiencing trauma. It's likely too that their parents or their parents also experienced domestic violence when they were growing up. So there's already an example of generational trauma, right? Later in life, the child grows up they may develop anxiety and depression. They may also have trouble trusting people or developing intimate relationships. Then later in life, they get married and they bring all those issues into their marriage. And then they become a parent. They're now bringing their issues and their trauma with them into parenthood. And they may subconsciously be engaging as well in domestic violence because they're familiar with it and that's what they know. They could be violent with their children, with their spouse, whatever was happening with prior generations. And then it just continues from generation to generation. And um, it's important to note that the only way to stop generational trauma is to actually heal it, to, to get the awareness, know something's wrong, know something's off and to get, to get help. Um, and as I mentioned, or actually, I don't think I mentioned this, but um, trauma actually gets stuck in our body. And so when we work on trauma 
there's actually specific modalities uh, that coaches and therapists use that actually work within the body to heal, uh, to heal trauma. And to mention as well, if someone believes that they may have or may be passing generational trauma down to their current generation or future, which many of us likely are, if you think about it, recognizing and addressing it is critical to breaking the cycle. Otherwise, it just continues. And I'll say that I have done some work to definitely heal some generational trauma that I became aware of. And I'm, I'm really grateful for that work. And I've also helped a lot of clients um, who've uh, had you know, trauma in their life um, also re resolve the trauma. And the thing is, is we don't, we don't go to a therapist and coach and say, I have generational trauma. We don't generally have that awareness at that level. We go to a coach and therapist and say, I have this pattern. Right. It keeps happening. I don't know why. I don't know where it comes from. And then the coach and the therapist or the therapist or both actually, because coaching and therapy is very complimentary. They, they guide you. They work with you. They uncover where that's coming from. And oftentimes it does come from parental patterning or generational trauma. Yeah. That's why I yeah. mean, most, most therapists will start out with asking you about your, their, the relationship of your parents. How, how was that relationship? Because obviously, like you said, we tend to mirror what we've known through the years yeah. and how we've been programmed. And even if we're unconscious of how our actions are, uh, it, it tends to just continue and keep, keep all those. And I, I would to, to, uh, to reiterate, I mean, I think a lot of, it's very common for, you know, uh, spouses to both have generational trauma and it just compounds and then those situations and it just gets worse and worse and worse like uh like compound interest and uh <laughs> it, like you you know just to recap everything that you said you know it's, it starts with how we were raised it, it was really does and even all of our experiences whether it's at home or our experiences through high school i know that you know, that that's also very significant in our growth of what, what we went through uh, in our, in our, you know, because at some point we're influenced by our friends, you know, it becomes less our parents and it becomes our friends and then it becomes our spouse. And, you know, we, we're influenced by our environment a lot. So I think it's very important to just really take that exercise and not necessarily complicate it too much. It's just really reflect it's set time in your day or in your month in your week and just really sit down and, and meditate and think about what, what makes you tick and how how your uh, how your actions affect the relationships around you whether it's you know your spouse your kids co-workers family whatever it is our environment um, I think it's a it's a great uh, exercise to be able to understand and really know yourself um, how, how much of you know obviously we talked a little, a lot about, you know, these experiences and how it disrupts, disrupts our relationships. How much, how important is it to communicate um, with our spouse and get their feedback? Um, what exercises or tips do you have about that? You know, I mean, knowing yourself is one thing, but how important is, is it to get the perspective of a spouse? Yeah. So that's a, that's an interesting question. Um, so it's, you know, when you're in a relationship with someone that you love and you're committed and you're hoping to have a lifelong life together, um, you want to be open and honest with them. So, you know, when you're struggling, even if you don't, what you're struggling, even if you don't know why you're struggling, 
it's just important to say, hey, I'm really struggling. I don't know why. I'm really feeling um, down, depressed, uh, whatever those feelings are, because then at least they can try to understand you. But if you don't show up to your partner and say anything, but you're just triggered and not nice and moody and unkind, and then that's just going to create conflict. Right. I mean, bottom line is my guess that it would probably just create conflict. So, um, you know, being human is a lifelong journey of work and relationships are a lifelong journey of work. It never stops. Um, and so when we're in a relationship, we should ideally both have the awareness that we're not perfect. We have good and bad days. Um, things hurt us. People hurt us. Life hurts us. Everything can hurt us and everything could make us really happy. And so if we can just be honest with ourselves and with the people and person that we love, you know, in our, in our marriage, in our partnership, and just be honest and, you know, try to just be honest. And also, I think it's important with honesty is to be vulnerable, because if you're not able to be vulnerable, then you're not really able to share with your spouse or partner openly, because you're taking on this um, way of being that I have to be strong. I can't let him or her know that I'm weak and having a hard time. And so you really just have to really comes down to putting yourself first. Yeah. If you're putting yourself first, then you will ideally always speak your needs, your wants, your hurts, your desires, and where you're struggling. If you're not putting yourself first, then you may not do that. And then that could create some conflict, friction, triggers, and all of that. And putting yourself first requires work. I, I don't believe that everyone on this planet knows how to do that. Um, and so that, I mean, in my journey, um, as I mentioned, I grew up in a people-pleasing family. We never put ourselves first. Right. We put everyone else first. And we loved seeing people happy, but we did it at our uh, expense. And so for a long time, I didn't even know how to put myself first. And when I was unable to put myself first, I wasn't in touch with myself. I didn't know how to share my feelings. I didn't know how to share my needs and my desires. So the bottom line is it comes down to putting yourself first and taking a stand for yourself and sharing what's going on with yourself. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you, do you feel that most people have a good relationship with themselves? Uh, that's a really good question. Um, and I feel like it's really tough to answer because first off, a good relationship is really subjective um, and it involves, you know, many factors. Uh, we've talked about a lot of stuff here already, our upbringing, where we come from, our met needs, unmet needs. Um, but, you know, when we think about a good relationship with ourselves, these are some things that come to mind for myself. So the quality of your upbringing, you know, trauma, dysfunction, needs met, needs unmet, um, childhood wounds. Um, did, you know, were your feelings hurt a lot? Were you discounted a lot? Yeah. Um, past traumas, life experiences that you, you were mentioning um, in high school, in college, and, you know, at our jobs, um, status of your mental health, right. your personality traits and your patterns, um, how you perceive your, how we perceive ourselves and um, how well we know ourselves. And all of that helps define, I believe, if we have a good relationship with ourselves or not. And uh, it's believed that an estimated 95% of us in the Western world were raised in dysfunction, yeah, meaning um, inadequate parenting, feeling unsafe, needs unmet. 
So being that 95% of us theoretically are raised in dysfunction with needs unmet, if we have done zero awareness work, personal growth work, um, then I believe uh, that you may not have a great relationship with yourself because you don't know yourself well. Um, In addition to that, I feel that um, people who people might think they have a good relationship with themselves because they don't know any different. They don't have the awareness. Um, but if they're not, if they're not fulfilled, if they're not treating themselves with love, respect and honor on pretty much a regular basis, then they likely don't have a good relationship with themselves. Yeah. And it comes down to um, awareness, you know, like, and, and, are things working? Are they not working? People, you know, we live often like on autopilot, you know, we go to work, we serve our family, we do these things, but until we get the awareness that something's not right and then stop. And like you said, maybe do some writing, sit and pause and ask yourself questions that I mentioned earlier. um, We just continue that life on autopilot. Yeah. And I, you know, to answer my own question, it's like you said, it's, it's really difficult to put a number on percentage of people that are, have a good relationship with themselves. But I bet you that, you know, if not a hundred percent, close to a hundred percent of people listening can definitely improve their relationship with themselves. Like they can do things to keep improving. And right. Like, you know, part of getting to know myself is understanding, well, what, what makes me happy, right? What makes me happy? What makes me tick? What makes gets me going? But I know that there's certain aspects of my life that I need to sacrifice, right? Because whether it's financial or whether it's my kids, there's things that you have to give up. So there's no perfect formula, but I think that, you know, you got to find that balance and, and figure out what works best for you. You know, don't completely give up your whole life for somebody else, whether it's a spouse or children. And also you don't want to give up, you don't want to just 100% focus on yourself and not care about your spouse and, and your kids and all yeah. that. So it's about finding that right balance. You know, it's like, it's uh, life, life is not easy and it's different based on all of our experiences. It's, it's very complicated, but yeah. at the end of the day, you know, life is short. So it's just a matter of like maximizing, maximizing every single day and, and making it and making it a masterpiece. So yeah. that's why, you know, that's really the reason why I'm doing this podcast, right, is is if I can affect other people's lives and I can improve their lives, then I then I'm happy with myself. You know that that's helping yeah. me helping me grow. Every show that I do, I I have a little bit of insight uh, of how I can build better relationship with myself and build, build better relationships with um, other people. Um, communication, like that, that's one thing I want to touch on before we move on. Um, how how does uh, getting to know ourselves improve improve our ability to communicate and and share that with the people we love? Yeah. Um, so the more that we get to know ourselves and do the work to really understand who we are, what makes us tick, um, what what we're all about, um, and uh, and really understand truly who we are, the better we can communicate ourselves to other people to the people that we love and people in our life like when we're sad uh what our goals are what our desires are what what our dislikes are what our likes are um and so you really have to spend some time uh getting to know yourself and and really um on a foundational level like really knowing like who is Heidi like what's Heidi all about what makes me happy what makes me sad what makes me really upset 
So the more we understand ourselves, the more we can communicate and share with others what makes me upset. What are my pet peeves? What do I love so much? Um, how can you make me happy on my birthday, right? Yeah. So the more we understand ourselves and, and do the inner work, um, the more we can share with others and communicate communicate what, what makes us tick, what makes us work. Um, and it really comes down to knowing who you are, like who is, what's your identity? What do you stand for? You know, what are your core values? Um, in addition, you know, we all have issues. We are human. We have issues. So even knowing what are my issues, you know, I, I tell my husband, you know, when something's going on, I'll be upfront and honest and I'll say, you know what, that's something I'm working on. I, I know that it does not make you happy. I know that it triggers you, but please just know that I'm aware of it and I'm working on it, right? So yeah. that's just an example of communicating with our partner. Um, but the last thing, last thing you want to do is just shut down and not say anything because yeah. then you're, well, you're disconnecting yourself from the relationship and your partner or whoever in that you are in that relationship with is really confused. And now you're creating distance, you're creating questions, you're creating worry. It's just like a downward spiral. Um, and I mentioned earlier that when I was growing up, I was the youngest of five kids. And, you know, I didn't really learn how to speak up for myself too well, because my amazing siblings, siblings took really good care of me. Um, and so honestly, early on in my marriage, I, I didn't really know how to speak up for myself well, and definitely not in conflict. And so I did the work. I did the work to really yeah. understand who is Heidi, yeah. what are my needs, um, and then now I, you know I'm able to communicate that very clearly with my husband now. But it requires work, and yeah. and you 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 um want to have the desire to be curious about yourself and to figure out who you are. Yeah. So first recognizing you have the issue, then having yeah. the, clar the clarity to know how to communicate and deal with it, and then yeah. having the platform to be able to execute these changes yeah. required to, to, to evoke change in your life. So yeah, I, yeah. I, and I just love being honest, you know, just honest. being honest, like we're human, we're not yeah. perfect. Like I, you know, I'll tell people I screwed up. I tell my son all the yeah. time, I'm not perfect. I love you so much. I'm yeah. doing I, I want to do be the best parent possible, but I'm not perfect. Yeah. So just please understand, like, if I make you unhappy or do this or that, that I love you and I'm sorry and it's not intentional. Yeah. Be honest with yeah. yourself. Be honest with yourself. I yeah. think people tend to ignore, you know, they, they fool themselves and that thinking that this is the right way to act or be or, and they yeah. uh and further in another another point that i want to make before we we get we wrap this up is um you know body language has a lot to do with communication i feel yeah. like sometimes you know when we're happy and we exude happiness that becomes infection and infectious and it also translates in our body language sometimes we say more with our body than we do our words so i think that's another mm -hmm. thing i want everybody yeah. to be cognizant of when they're evaluating, you know, and I, I'm a victim of it too. I think that sometimes my tone is misrepresented at times when I'm communicating with other people and people get the wrong idea of what I actually mean. So I'm working on that myself is to improve my tone and my body language, but getting to a point where I'm happy and I exude happiness. And I hope that that becomes infectious to my relationships and my children. So I'm happy to that. I've, 
I've learned a lot today speaking with you and I appreciate that. I know that everybody listening has learned a lot. Um, yeah. I ask everybody on my show, what is, you know, it doesn't have to be related to the topic. What is one thing that you'd like to teach the world? Yeah. Um, I think that I'd like to teach the world that like, regardless of our upbringing, it does not define who we are. And it also does not determine our future. Um, it really comes down to um, deciding that I have a life to live. I have one life to live and I want these things. I want this kind of a relationship. I want this kind of a life and deciding that you deserve that. And the deciding that you deserve that, taking the steps to make it happen. And that is what's in your way. What are your obstacles? We all have obstacles. You know, do I need to go see a therapist or a coach because I have this rec recurring pattern that is stopping me from finding love? Um, do I need to, um, I don't want to just say seeing a therapist or coach, because again, there's a lot of resources out there. You can read books, you can listen to podcasts. There's a lot of free resources. However, if, if there's deep work to be done, then you would see a therapist or coach. And, um, if you make the decision that you deserve it and you deserve to have the life you want, the relationships you want, then you should set yourself on that journey to make that happen. Um, your past doesn't define you. It does not define your future. And as I mentioned earlier, 95% of us in estimation were born and raised in a dysfunctional family. So you are not alone on this journey of, of human living, human growth, personal development. Um, you're actually among the minority. Um, so I just want you to be aware that um, you're not alone. We all have our issues, we all have our traumas, but let's not accept our life as is if we're not living in peace and joy and happiness and finding what we want in life. Yeah, and yeah, I love all that. I just wanna add one thing to that is, like you said, the past doesn't define who you are. It's it's there, everything, nothing is a mistake. Everything is happens for a reason. And those are all lessons that we learn and help us improve and move forward. And the time is now. I think people tend to maybe recognize that they have issues they need to deal with and they put it off. It starts right now. Like seize the yeah. day, make the changes, don't put it off, move forward yeah. in life. Absolutely, absolutely. So I see you have yeah. a collection of books in the background. Is was there a was there a book that maybe had a big impact on on your life or evoked you know some change in your life? Yeah, uh, boy, like I said, there are some amazing free resources out there. I've read a large number of books throughout my life, and uh, many more now that I'm a relationship coach. Um, but a couple of books that really come to mind, which I actually have to show, is one is called um, "It's This." The Body Keeps Score. Um, it's an amazing book. And let me just read. Um, so it's by Bessel van, van der Kolk. Mm. And the, the book is about the brain, mind, and body and the healing of trauma. And the book talks about how trauma impacts our brain, mind, and body, and also how trauma gets stuck in our body and what that means. Um, it's an outstanding book. Um, I have one other book, if I can quickly share it, because sure. I, I also think it's pretty amazing. So. And it's called The Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents. And it's how to heal from distant, rejecting, or self-involved parents. And really what that's about is um, if you grew up with parents who were emotionally unavailable, emotionally immature, didn't have the emotional intelligence, it answers, it, I feel like it answers all your questions and it gives you a sense of awareness um, 
more compassion uh, for your parent or parents. Um, or if you're, uh, even if you're in a, a marriage where you feel like there's some emotional uh, absence, um, but that's also a really powerful book. And that book is by uh, Lindsay Gibson. Great. Thank you yeah. for sharing those with us. Yeah. Um, last question for the day. How do people follow you or get in touch with you if they want to work yeah. with you? Yeah. So the best way to follow me, get to, uh, get, get to know me, <laughs> connect with me is Instagram. And uh, it's my business is Heidi Carlson Coaching. And my Instagram handle is at Heidi Carlson Coaching. Uh, you can also email me if you're not on social media or Instagram. And that's Heidi at Heidi Carlson Coaching dot com. And then I also have a presence on Facebook as well. Heidi Carlson Coaching. All right, great. We'll put those in the show notes so people great. can get in touch with you. Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, thank you for everything that you do for people out there. I think, you know, obviously, if, if we all work on ourselves and, and improve ourselves, it'll be a better world. And that's what we're trying to accomplish Absolutely. here. So, yeah. so this first step is listening to this podcast. So I appreciate <laughs> yeah. your time and your insight and, and all your knowledge. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Omid. Appreciate you. Want to yeah. remind everybody to like, follow and share. Help us spread the word. Take care.